Happy Wednesday, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Airport Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we count up to the 137 minutes of the greatest disaster movie ever made, the 1970 Universal Pictures Airport. I am one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm host number two, Mark Cerulli of CovertOps.tv, and... The negotiations were successful, and we are back with one of our favorite co-hosts, Mr. Chuck Goldstone of TerribleAdvice.com. Well, I am once again thrilled to be back, and I have been, I've been waiting. I've not changed. I've been sitting here by the computer and my phone um, for many, many weeks. And, uh, this will be good for me because I can now shave. So. <laughs> So thank you for calling and including me because I I needed to come back. But anyway, no, it's 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 what a what a what a hoot and what wonderful moments I get to share um, with you and and my insights um, that I, I I get to share uh, about this mere sixty seconds in in moviedom. How can we say this? I mean, it it was I I was a changed man at the at the end of these 60 seconds it, it, it up it up ended you, all, you, all your visions of reality by the time you were through with uh with watching mr coakley getting uh, the beat down from uh, burt weatherby uh, if anybody needs to be punished it is it is coakley <laughs> you know, I, about him that i i would imagine that there are random strangers who come up to him and just beat him up <laughs> for no reason except he looks like somebody that you would I'm not a violent man, but I would punch him only because I don't know why there was something about, and maybe it's, it's, I want to, I want to say, and I don't want to be mean, but, but it's like, what are you using on your hair? Is that, is that, you know, an industrial epoxy? Well, what? that <clears throat> it's sturdy. It's a very sturdy. I think, it, I, I think Peter, probably Co- the making, Peter, Peter Coakley's character is probably the worst thing that happened to Chicago since Mrs. O'Leary's cow. That's probably, you know, he, he's the one that set all this in motion. And, uh, and now we're going to reap the whirlwind on, uh, on. But if on... you look at the opening frames of this scene, I mean, could anybody wear a gray double breasted jacket better than John Finlater? I don't think so. No, that's true. Uh, no, but I, I know I was almost I was uh, I, I was I was staring at it until I realized that there is a a wonderful panorama of really strange artifacts in that office behind the door or behind the the the, uh, the, the character is uh, first of all a it looks like a little metal sculpture of of a Jules Verne balloon. Yeah, right. It's a hot air balloon, and and then there's a little. I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a little tiny trophy. It's like what for the neatest office? I don't know <laughs> what it's it's for, but there's a there's a little tiny trophy there that I don't know. If I want a trophy, I don't know if I would keep it out in public. I think it has a plane on it. Yeah, it's got think- a, obviously it's something to do with aviation. Yeah. Oh, it's the it's- best plane that didn't crash. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Thirty nights without a uh, a stowaway or a bomb on a plane. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, no, but he is really he's he's getting called up because apparently he you know he screwed up big time. Yeah. Um, he he let that other passenger on the you know on the plane, 
And um, I, I guess we're not yet as a, um, uh, certainly the airport personnel is not the all of these people are not quite um ready to understand the the havoc that um that is going to uh, uh, uh ensue on that plane as a result of uh, both dio guerrero and mm-hmm. uh this woman being ada on the quonset plane, ada quonset heir uh, to the quonset hud fortune yeah and by the way there's only one other person that i would i would punch before i would punch and i'm like i said i'm not a violent guy but I would punch the nuts guy on the plane. Yes, oh, yes. Mar- yeah, yeah, Mr. Rathbone. Yeah. yeah. Is that Mr. Rathbone? Yeah, Marcus yeah. Marcus J. Rathbone. Yes, he just he hasn't been having a good day. You know, him and his he's uh, nuts or stale. Yes, and he's and he's complaining about his four hundred and seventy four dollar uh, flight. That's how much his ticket cost. Plus, he had to pay. If you remember, he was on the bus a couple of minutes ago, and he had to pay two dollars to get on that bus. So it's just he's had a rough time. And, uh, and as we're, I don't want to spoil anything, but he's. He's about to uh, do another nasty thing of all this, of this complaining that that is actually going to cause the next big problem on this flight. So, just uh, just a, a despicable man. Uh, he's not on my he's not on my Christmas card list. Oh, okay, no, that is for no. sure. And and um, but he came over. I love the idea that that uh, that you know when they're trying to track everyone down, that they came over on a bus. I think that's really cool that um, you know a bus plays such an important role in this movie, and, and that bus was being used up until the '90s, right, Jim? Oh no, that was that the that was the uh, employee bus. This one is just a oh. central casting bus. This is a generic bus. This, but but I can't uh, keep all these buses I, I, straight. I would imagine I would imagine that bus got stuck somewhere in the snow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. blocking a runway. <laughs> George, the George Kennedy character had to dig it out. Yes, with his cigar. Yes, full power. So, <laughs> so at uh, any rate, I I was um, I was I was really quite quite excited to see that that the Peter Coakley character is you know Tanya says he'll get over you know your boss is going to get over it, mm-hmm. but you know but he he got um, I don't if they had performance reviews at that point which I don't think they were in 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 the HR parlance back then uh, my thought is that he that uh, this would not be a good career this would this would not be a, a good career enhancement day no no but i think well the yesterday he was talking about uh well he, he was getting the dressing down from his boss burt weatherby by telling him that he didn't wind up in the ladies room and i think de- demeaning burt your saxby yeah burt, no not burt saxby burt weatherby burt saxby's from uh yellow or uh diamonds, diamonds are, forever. are forever baby yes is that Bird Saxby? Tell him he's fired. Yeah, but Tell him he's that's, fired. that's a different movie series. We'll 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 deal with those minutes on another time. But he, uh, yeah, just just demeaning somebody in front of another employee. I think that would take a call to HR. But they, they didn't really have HR back then. That was back when it was personnel. So uh, HR back then meant home room. Yes. So we're gonna, we're going to send you back to your home room. Right. Yeah. Um, but he's, yeah, yeah it, so, you know, poor, poor, poor Peter Coakley. I mean, he has to be uh, the beat dog in this in this scene. But uh, at least at, at least Tanya unruffled his feathers and said, no, he'll, he'll get over it. You're, you still have a job. So uh, that was good for uh, for Tanya. But so Tanya starts putting together the pieces of trying to figure out who the weird guy was that she saw or that Lloyd Nolan saw getting on the plane. So. She starts thinking. Okay, you would you would think 
one might question someone getting on the plane that, number one, looks like the guy who got on the plane. That's number one. <laughs> yeah. Number two, who wears a, uh, you know, you, you're, you know that no good is going to come of somebody who wears a coat that looks like that. Yeah, yeah. true. And, and three, uh, who carries a briefcase? Like, yeah. like it's a small child that you're clutching to your breast. You know, that says to me that either... Open no, that suitcase. That says to me either either um, that has no handles uh, or there's something inside that is probably not in our best interest. Yeah, and the ticking probably would be a, a dead giveaway, I think. Right. So. It's a small giveaway. Yeah. Yeah, pay no attention to that wire. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate, so, so Kanye, I guess Tanya picks up the phone and now she calls who? Rendell? Uh, yes, Ren, J- John Rendell, and uh, and so and he's got another clipboard. This place is so full of clipboards. I mean, you look at I John, love the fact that this place is clipboards. Yeah, they they don't believe in file cabinets at all. It's everything's on a clipboard, or it's got a tack through it and stuck up on a cork wall, wall board. Well, first of all, do you realize that sitting behind Tanya, there are clipboards on the wall as if they're Monet paintings. Yes, yes, and uh, uh, the clipboards. I mean, it's not even in reach. The yeah. clipboard is about six feet off the floor. And, by the way, if you notice, there's another trophy behind. Yeah, I was going to say, she got a trophy. That's, that's probably the trophy for getting a trophy. I think that's what they give. <laughs> here's, here's your most trophies in office. Get a trophy for services rendered. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, And she's got two phones. But she doesn't. You know, I do notice that Tanya has been uh, cut back. She doesn't get any courtesy phones. I guess that's because it's not a uh, an airport office. It's just the uh, air airline office. So she doesn't get a, a red and white courtesy phone like uh, like old Burt Lancaster has. Um, well, if you if you think for a moment that the Peter Coakley character had a weird uniform, I love the uniform that Rendell has. Yes, you know. It, you know what it looks like? It, it well, it, it looks like a couple of things to me. First of all, it looks like the uniform if. You know when you look at a kid's doll and, the, and how they're tailored and the sleeves are too long and they're and they're just frumpy and they just it looks like they took a like a kid's doll coat and they just made an adult size for it. Yeah, yeah, it's all the same. I don't think they knew who they who they were going to cast in this part, and so they said, "Well, let's just make an extra large, kind of barrel shaped, and we'll put it on that guy." Well, and the other thing is, uh, I was looking at the at the uniform, and I was saying, "What does this remind me of? Who else would wear a one that looks, you know, the same lapel?" I looked at the lapel, and and I said, "Oh my gosh, Captain Kangaroo!" <laughs> yes, wear yeah. that. That's a captain. And I expected a little hand to come up, and and Mister Moose. Yes, yes, and Bunny well, Rabbit, and just <laughs> Bunny Rabbit will be reading off the passenger list. Yes. Oh. Yes, Mr. Who, who, wait, who came in? It's uh, Green P, Jean. P, P, what's ping pong balls? And then just, yeah, get, get inundated with ping pong balls at the moment. But uh, Oh, and that beautiful poster behind him of uh, the anticipated Transglobal 747, which hadn't arrived because oh, mm. they, they actually don't have an airport. Remember, Bert was campaigning mightily for an airport where they could fit 747. So it's not there yeah. yet, but uh, I have all space reserved for that prop poster. I'll just <laughs> put that out there right now. And it's not good if you have a poster where the where actually the plane looks like it's falling from the sky. Yes, <laughs> that's that right. Does not, that does not uh, in uh, that does not make me excited uh, either. 
But um, so I guess he's going over the passenger list, and and uh, I I love the uh, Marcus Rathbone. I I love that name, and he turns out he's the peanut guy, right? Yeah, that's right. He's, yeah. he's Mr. Mr. Stale Nuts. Yeah, Mr. Stale Nuts. Do we ever find out who Luigi is? No. Well, obviously they're going to Rome, so there's got to be a lot of Luigi. There's got to be a Luigi. He, that's why they had to put his last name. It's like Luigi B, Luigi R, Luigi S. Luigi you know. Car- Carbone. Yeah, so it's Luigi Benelli. And they're not in alphabetical order. I guess is that by order of where they were sitting on the uh, it's on a, the bus? Or? No, it's order of obnoxiousness. Uh, yes, <laughs> that's true. Third, yes. Yeah, so Guerrero is the third most obnoxious, but... Uh, yeah, uh, no, let, and let's put it this way. The nut the guy thing. is even more loathsome than a guy carrying a bomb. Yeah. Yes. Think oh, about I, that. Think about how horrible a person you must be that a that that a, a saboteur is actually more likable than you are. Yeah, and uh, apparently Skyler, the uh, the obnoxious kid with the uh, horn rim glasses, he didn't even rate on this thing. Although he might not have come in on the bus. But, uh, yeah, so they're... They're busily trying to go down the thing, and everybody in the audience is going, "Oh, Dio Guerrero!" Hopefully, they'll come up with that name later. That's but, him. It's yeah, him. It's him. It's audience participation time. Yeah, I mean, and the audience is screaming, "Hey, look, look! It's the guy who's yeah. hugging yeah. the briefcase." It's like those uh, British uh, Christmas time pantos, where "Look behind you," kind of a thing. So, uh, anyway, that was uh, Mr. Rendell's giant, who who was played by Quinn K. Redeker, which sounds like a name that would be in this movie. I love his entire body of work, Quinn yeah, K. Yeah. Uh, what is his name? Quinn K. Redeker, R-E-D-E-K-E-R. I buy his popcorn all the time. Yes, <laughs> he is awesome. That's his Uncle Orville. Yes, he just... Uh... He he found he found his niche and it it turned out to be ten seconds in this movie. But you know, Oscar nominated film, so you can't turn that down. I'm sure that's on the front page of his resume, underlined and in red ink. So uh, yeah. this was his his moment of glory. Was he ever in anything else? Uh, don't know. I'm sure Mark is busily looking this up on IMDb, even as we. Well, speak. I am now. <laughs> what was it? Orville Quinn Orville Redenbacher? Yeah, Quinn K. Red Red Redecker, R E D E K E R, which and I'm sure all of our listeners are eagerly anticipating the Names. Other. Quinn K. Redeker. I oh, was an ordinary people. Wow. He's still with us, born May second, nineteen thirty six in Woodstock, Illinois. Wow. Okay, well, Mr. Redeker, we would love to have you on the show to talk about your uh your career. Oh, he's in a short that's in pre production called Toilet Talk. Wow. Okay, so his yeah, career. I, I know. His, I want to see that. His career continues. I'm waiting. I'm waiting it for the, for it to be a musical. Yeah. Well, I want to. I want to hear the director's commentary. Uh, that's yeah. that's going to be out there. So, but his brief moment in the sun was here, and uh, so we we fly back to the the beautiful set of the Lincoln International Airport. Uh, like, bef- one last thing about Quinn's uh, career trivia: mm-hmm. he co-wrote the Deer Hunter. Really? Oh, yeah. Um, okay, right. I am. I am back. I'm in, I, I now. Am a, we got. We're going to track him down. Okay. Yes. Uh, if we can't get Chimino, we'll get Redeker. Um, right. Wow. Okay. Impressive. Impressive. Uh, all of a sudden, I feel bad about making fun of his uniform. Yes. Well, we'll have to cut all this out now. <laughs> it's, it's. Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to know if he had the suit. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, wow. our man in Hollywood is going to have to track him down. Uh, if he's still in trying to track him down, and then there's Lloyd Nolan with a with a rather cocky angle on his cap, right? Uh, well, well, he, that 
if anything, if anyone has ever been able to pull off an officer Krupke uniform. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd go with cro- cocky. I think it's more jaunty. It's jaunty, jaunty, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Jim. Yes, yes. And, uh, and in, you know, the, the way you can tell you're in the, uh, the restaurant instead of in one of the airport offices is rather than hanging clipboards, they hang potted palms. So uh, that, that's an entire stone wall full of that. Maybe they shot that at the Universal Commissary, you know. I don't know. They could. Uh, well, they have to. They'd have to light it pretty well. But uh, yeah. look at all those extras just floating around in the back, just waiting to get a hot meal. Yeah, they're thinking. Uh, pretty... it, it's it's a menu exclusively of meatloaf. Yes, <laughs> it's meatloaf, a gravy, and a potato. Yeah, do you, oh, you'll have the meatloaf it, or the meatloaf. Do you, yeah, do you want meatloaf or do you want to just sit here? <laughs> right. But uh, and and then we get into a nice bit of late '60s, early '70s technology. The uh, very advanced pager system. I love that. I love that thing. And all it is is just a thing that buzzes. It's the equivalent of having the uh, the bell on your telephone in your pocket. It doesn't do anything else. But they else. both have one. If you notice, Lloyd pulls his out yeah, too. Yeah. See, I got one too. I rate just in case there's a customs emergency. Yeah. First of all, you you have to have something physically wrong if you have a pager go off in your if, if you go a pager, uh, a pager makes a certain, it's not only a noise, but a pager is a little vibrating thing. Yeah. So if a pager goes off and you think it might be yours and you don't feel a vibration, then you, then you know, um, you need to see your neurologist. Yeah. This is the test for a neurologist is if you don't <laughs> feel your pager. This is, um, this is what, this is what the custom service has done to poor Lloyd Nolan. It's just taken all feeling out of him. He just, he's, he has to march through the day and wonder if anybody's ever going to page him. But think, think about think about what a pager actually says. I mean, we have advanced by this technology. A pager says, somebody's called you, but we're not going to tell you who. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're absolutely phone, right about that. Your phone rang, period. Yeah. And, you know, if you so want to... Because uh, a long time ago, when I, a long time ago, I, I mean, I was... I, I'm old enough that I had a pager a long, long time ago. And a pager meant that then I had to call. And this is something that people under maybe 35 don't even know about. It was something called an answering service. Mm. And that was a woman named Betty. They're always named Betty. A woman named Betty would, would have all these phones coming in onto her desk. And she would answer as if she was your office. Oh, so I would go out. I would have my phone calls transferred to Betty, and and uh, you know Betty would you know answer with my you know at that point my business uh, uh, hello, and and she would take the messages if I'm unavailable, which I mm-hmm. was, and then she would page me, and I would call her, and she would then tell me who called, and then I would hang up and call. So. So keep in mind, there were like nine phone calls. <laughs> the phone right. into Betty. Betty calling me. I had to call Betty back. Uh, our yeah. good friend Peter Regan had one of those. You remember that, Jim? Yes, yes. Sit there. He'd have a cigarette going, and he'd have his pager out on the uh, on the table. So that's yeah. That's and it was a, it was a status symbol for a while, and then it became yes. known as the electric leash. And I it, remember. I remember we were in a bar, and a couple of girls said, "Oh." Uh, uh, what's that for? for? Is that your pager? And he goes, I'm in advertising. And they walked away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it it was uh, it, it, it for for one time it became a status symbol and then it became an anti-status symbol. I working in IT for many years, uh, I had to wear a pager just in case anything was going on, and I had a particularly awful boss who. Uh, uh, this was many years ago, and I won't identify. It'd be worse the company. than the boss I had at uh, HBO. Well, oops, oops, he, sorry. Let me put it this way: He said I could go on vacation. To, I was taking the kids to Disney World, but I had to bring the pager with me. Uh huh. And he paged me five times when I was in Walt Disney World. I mean, I'm you know, like I'm I'm sitting there eating a turkey leg with my kids, and the pager's going off, and he wants to know how to get into Lotus Notes and get something done, and I'm like. You know, none of this is an emergency. Pagers are generally if you can't handle life, but he would page me anyway for these things. So I I, I can say that I don't miss the days of pagers. I'm, I'm glad they have are now dead and buried, but now we have we have a new leash that's called our cell phones, and that just we can never get away from it. Well, you know, when somebody calls you at, at uh, when you're at Disney, uh, you should just simply say, I would help you, but it's a really small world, and everything is so tiny here. I can't work on it. <laughs> yes, Dopey is shaking his head at me, so I can't. Sorry, I got to call. I'll call you later. Uh, wow. So uh, I guess we are. Oh, we are, I think we've buried this minute. Yeah. Well, yeah, well but I, I will say there was one thing that was not lost on me. Lloyd Nolan pays his bill, and then he leaves a nickel tip. Yes. Did you notice the truth? I did not. Oh my god! Into, uh, into a little uh, tip box. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you, you <laughs> silly clown. Yes, your trip. Well, a, a nickel in nineteen seventy is like fifteen cents today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, absolutely. he he feels he they're, they're both trapped in the same hell of working at that airport. So it's like here's a, instead of a penny for your clothes, here's a nickel for your job. We leave Burt Lancaster at the end of this minute in. I still love that suit. The suit that he had. Oh my on, God, he looks you great. Could, is that magnificent? I mean, he is just a, a Greek god in this thing, and he just—he he looks almost as good as Sean Connery and Zardoz. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> with less less uh, chest hair. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, I mean that that tie, that that suit—you could wear that today. It's just fantastic suit, and uh, and he does that. He does a little turn and picks up the phone and to find out. Who the heck is calling him when he's trying to eat his uh, his meatloaf? Uh, but we will, I guess, we'll find out tomorrow. Which uh, hopefully, Chuck, you can be with us tomorrow as we uh, as we further track. Well, I have a I have a change of shirt, so I'm not going to move here. I'll just change my shirt. Awesome. Well, we can we can take a we can take a pause if you want to like like shave shave down to a goatee or maybe a, a you know some some uh, mutton chops. I think Sil- Civil War General yeah. is the new look for uh, for the, the current year. So, well, um, I have. I, well, what I have is a a small creme creme brulee torch, and I'm just going to <laughs> hair on my face. The manly way to do it, yes. No, just so gently. <laughs> yes, just, it's all it's all just just steady hands. That's what you need. So, uh, That's but, right. but let's let's uh, let's pick up this exciting telephone conversation between Bert and who knows who uh, tomorrow, uh, which is. Really, it's Thursday already. So we, yeah, we'll we'll talk tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, in the meantime, all of our wonderful listeners can catch up with us on social media. If you track us on Twitter, we are at. Well, let's go through the list. You can track us on Twitter at Airport Minute. You can track us on Facebook at both Airport Minute and the Airport Minute Commanders Club, where we chatter about this stuff and continue on uh, with everybody else that's listening. Uh, 
Please uh, also check out our big website, airportminute.com, where we've got T-shirts and, uh, and Blu-ray videos of airport and all kinds of books. You can get the original Arthur Haley book. It's all available on order there, and you can catch up on all the back episodes that you may have missed of this exciting. You can catch up with earlier episodes of Chuck. He's way back at the beginning of this, uh, this series, so go back. Nice. Y- and I will personally send everyone, because I live in New England, I will send everyone a cod. Perfect. <laughs> yes, you know it's the the symbol the symbol of Boston, uh, right yes. there in in your in your own home, uh, right. and and you can also get this uh, this show delivered to you every day Monday through Friday on iTunes. So go to iTunes, look up Airport Minute, uh, download it, and subscribe, and you are you're all set to go. Leave us a great review so that more people can find out about our show, and we we do appreciate everybody listening in. Uh, so please check back with us tomorrow where we, we follow with another exciting telephone conversation there may be split screen so check back thursday tomorrow on the airport minute until then good day bye-bye nice going sweetheart remind me to send a thank you note to mr bowling